So the new conforming loan limit went up from $548,250 in 2021 to, wait for it, $647,200. Okay, Why is this important? Because when the loan limits go up, do you think that sellers sitting on properties that were worth $540,000 last year are going to be, I know I can get more for the property, especially now that loan limits are up, but I'd rather just sell it for the $547,000 that was last year, right? No, duh. Doesn't work like that. The next 100 Gs, baby. You can take that 100 grand and go buy a new Corvette or something. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I'm your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum, recording live with my executive producer, Mr. Jonathan Winston. What's up, baby? Another day, another dollar, another day to, uh, you know, get out there and spread a little love. I love that. Show a little gratitude and, you know, just... uh, Enjoy where we are right now. So that's what I'm looking to do and uh, making the most of the people and uh, the situations that I put myself around and in. So it's cool. Love it, man. It does come down to who you surround yourself with, right? I mean, in the end, like you see very successful people are generally surrounded by very successful people, right? And if you're just hanging with Pookie who lives around the way, um, you know, a lot of times you end up more like Pookie. Remember when our parents used to tell us, like, you're going to become like your friends? And we're like, right, bro, don't, that's no, dumb. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It turned That was, like, exactly accurate. Man, like, parents, why do they know stuff sometimes? No need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Thank you. Thank you. A Will lot Smith. of our viewers probably want to understand that reference, <laughs> but that's all right. <laughs> Will Smith. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Will. All right. <laughs> Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Um, So... Here we are in 2022. Did anybody, oh, wow. did you think we were going to survive 2021? Like, I know 2020 was like iffy, but like 2021 had some real difficulties. How'd you feel coming into this year? Um, I felt, uh, well, you know, I was kicking it with family, so I was kind of, you know, scatterbrained from doing all that type of stuff. Right. In general, uh, 2022, I'm just like, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I want it to be over with. I'm tired of all this, you know, the ridiculousness that we've kind of been dealing Indeed. with. Indeed. So just a little exacerbated, maybe that might be. I like that. Exasperated is a good word. Not a word we don't get to use very often yeah. either. So I think that's a good one. Yeah, I feel that way. Like it was kind of shocking. I'll be frank with you. Like I went into 2022 thinking, first of all, 22, like I'm not a big fan of luck or numbers or numerology and that stuff, but my birthday is 11 like send okay. gifts just for the record. Like I'm all doubles. Like I like Ferraris red is preferred. Um, numerology is real strong this year. Yeah, so it is like, so 22 is a big one for me. Cause it's on my birthday. And I've always, my, you know, when I got numbers, you had to pick a number in sports, right? I always right. did 22. So oh, okay, I'm okay. 20. My daughter actually carried on that tradition. Oh, to her, wow. her volleyball Family number is 22. Number. Yeah. So, so that was kind of cool. Um, anyway, so I really expected this to be a slower year. Why? Because we, we really cashed it in 
in 2021. Like we did 47 flips, including the infamous Springs Outhouse. We got an episode of that coming out um, on that. Definitely take a look, listen to that. But um, great year. We flipped a lot of properties, coached a lot of people, had a lot of fun. And I was telling all of my coaching students that, listen, we got to expect a bit of a slowdown in 2022, right? In the end, rates have got to creep up. Prices have gotten stupid, you know, the average price of a home here in Colorado Springs, and I can't speak for your market where you're at, but, you know, Colorado Springs market is like in the early 500,000 range, okay? And as a guy who, you know, lived here as a kid, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this where they're, where they're from, when you saw houses at eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000, when you're looking at those same houses in the fours and fives, it feels weird, right? So the mindset was it had to slow down a little bit, right? And then... The Federal Housing Finance Agency announced our new conforming loan limits for 2022. Uh, what's so so? Give us a scoop. What does that mean? All right. So you have a limit on properties. You on how much you can spend on a property that can be with a government loan backed. So you got conforming loan limits. Okay. okay. Now most of the U.S. has been operating. Um, from last year, anyway, it was 500, I think it was 547,000 was the number here uh, locally, right? And that seemed high, to be honest with you, okay? In certain markets, though, 547,000 in San Diego, for instance, won't buy you a closet. Yeah, you're not right? too much. In New York, right, you're, same thing. Like, you're lucky if you get a garage for 500 grand, right? But in Colorado, 500 was a median price home. It's like, all right, that makes sense that we can still do government back loans at that level. But obviously, with the recent increase, the Colorado Springs market went up 18% in 2021. With all these recent increases, there's been quite a bit of pressure on the conforming loan limits to increase. So people who are trying to get a low down payment loan, or like in the case like VA or whatever, a no money down loan, they had to push those limits up because housing prices went up. Okay. So the new conforming loan limit went up from $548,250 in 2021 to wait for it, $647,200. Okay. Why is this important? Because when the loan limits go up, do you think that sellers sitting on properties that were worth $540,000 last are going to be, I know I can get more for the property, especially now that loan limits are up, but I'd rather just sell it for the $547,000 that was last year, right? No, duh. Doesn't work like that. The next 100 Gs, baby, you can take that 100 grand and go buy a new Corvette or something, right? That's an extra, it's the same house you owned last year. It just went up. And now that more people qualify for loans up to that nearly $650,000 bracket, it is quite logical that prices are going to go up. Right, And they have. Like I said, we saw an 18% increase from the beginning of 2021 to the end of 2021. I would love to hear what your market went up. Please you know, reach out on the Facebook Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group. Tell me how much increase you saw in your year if you've got that statistic in. I'd love to hear it. But the reality is, is across the board, houses got much, much more expensive. Right. So people who are looking to get a government back loan are should be breathing a sigh of relief right now. Um, because the only way you're going to qualify for the government back loan is if the rates come up. So this is important for us investor types, okay? Because there's two schools of thought 
obviously, an investment. One of them is the ad, age-old adage, real estate always goes up in value over the long term. Surefire way to make a bunch of money in real estate is to buy it. Like God knows, I wish I had bought more properties back in the 80s. Of course, I was five, so that might have been a factor, not picking up as much as I needed to back then, right? You didn't have the full, you know breath of understanding. Right. I probably, you know, I was too busy playing with Tonka toys and stuff. Didn't know I should be investing in real estate. But if I had known, right, then I would have bought a lot more houses. I feel the same about the nineties. Obviously you feel the same way about the two thousands, right? Even in 2010, back in 08, when I was kind of starting my career in real estate, I was watching average properties in the two fifties, two sixty bracket. Yeah. Right? I don't know what the conforming loan limits were, but obviously should have bought a lot more of them back then. So if you hold on to real estate for the long term, in recordable history, you benefited from it in the long term, right? Like any investment, truly. Like you invest for long term. That being said, the other school of thought is, is it time to cash this stuff in? Right? And I'll be frank with you and tell you, I'm looking at this new conforming loan limit, and I know, I know, I've been preaching, the sky is falling, there's a crash coming for the entire time this show has been in existence, you know, roughly two years, right? right. But a, a, a broken clock is right like twice a day. Well, we're, we're, we're almost there, right? We're almost there. You feel me, right? Like yeah. at some point, I have to be accurate, right? And accuracy is not as important as the fact that I'm hitting an age now, and if I get any old jokes from any of y'all, I'm going I'm to start swinging, right? <laughs> But I'm hitting an age now where growth of appreciation is not as important to me as freedom in general. Right. Okay. Right. How much would you need? You have to answer this to yourself personally, but what do you need to just retire? Is like, is there a number you would want to put in an interest bearing account, not a savings account or under your mattress or anything like that? But how much would you want to put away before you would just kind of stop working? And I got to be frank with you. I'm not looking to stop working. I love what I do. We flip houses. We coach people. Um, I've got an operations team and a sales team. I'm not looking to get out, but I am kind of looking at due to this last conforming loan limit. I feel like that they're going to increase the prices. There's going to be one last big push in price increases, right? And then, so price is going to surge one more time. And then this collapse I've been talking about for years at some point has to happen. It's not going to be on a massive scale, but I do think we're going to see a correction in the next 18 to 24 months. Okay. And a lot of it's going to be driven by the fact that now the loan limits are up, people are going to buy more house than they can afford. See, as Americans, we're famous for this, right? As soon as the getting gets good, we want to spend more money right? The Cadillac Escalade is rolling off the lot now at like $105,000. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me to buy any GM product, to be frank with you, but particularly it cannot not knock in GM. If you're in Detroit, settle down, settle down, right? Y'all are burning down houses, get too much inventory. You get me to, you can't tell me nothing and I'm not trying to hear it. Right. But a hundred thousand dollar Escalade. I don't know, man. That sounds like something a rapper would do ignorantly. Seriously. Right. But that's what they cost. Right? So I think we're all kind of living high on the hog right now, man. We're all kind of enjoying the, the abundance of a growing economy. And the only place an economy can go when it's this high is like down, right? And I'm not saying it's going to drop to 2008 levels. I'm just saying, have you noticed that, you know, like everything's starting to cost more, like milk is more and I've utilities noticed. are going up? Have you noticed, I've right? Noticed. So if that's happening, don't we have to at some point change that trajectory? I, I would, I would 
I love that. I mean, come on, man. Where's what's going on, guys? We got to figure this out. The government should be figuring it out because that's what if we are paying them. Um, but if we are paying them, that's what they're supposed to be doing is figuring out a curb inflation, avoid stuff going up in price to where it's completely unaffordable. But instead, instead. They're falling victim to the pressure from the market that's saying, well, we can't get a house for $550 anymore. So, like, could you guys make the conforming limit like $650? And they're like, yeah, sure. No, no, Biggie, let's do it. Right? Am I saying it's a bad idea? I, no. No, listen, it's great for me. I own a lot of real estate, and that just means it's going to get more expensive, and it's good for me. I just don't know if it, we can continue down this path indefinitely. Right. So you're hitting that certain point where honestly, although I know prices will probably continue to go up in the immediate term, we're really looking at selling everything right now, you know, and we put a lot of houses I thought I was going to keep as rentals for the rest of my life um, on the market and I'm going to cash it in, you know, and, and I'm not advising you to do it. You may be at a different place in life. I don't know where you're at. I'm just saying if you're sitting on a whole bunch of equity, which describes most of the country right now, right, due to a surprising hyperinflation, you may want to consider taking some of the money off the table, right? I'm a real estate investor. I've made my living buying property, right? And I've made a pretty good living. I've made money from flipping properties, which is kind of the immediate income, and I've made even more money from the appreciation of the properties that I've owned. But I've done well, right? I think the problem is, is that pigs get slaughtered in the end. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. One of the things we talk about on the show is the importance of great foreclosure data and helping you to find a great deal on a foreclosure property. But where do you find this data? You're certainly not going to find it on Realtor.com. You can't get it on your local MLS. So we have partnered with data provider Foreclosures.com to get you the latest and greatest in foreclosure listings right there in your local market. These properties are not hit the market in most cases, and when they have been foreclosed, gives you easy access to find out more detail so you can get the best deal on a foreclosure property. Getting started is super easy. Head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com and click on the link labeled foreclosure list. Enter your zip code for a free seven-day trial of the best foreclosure listing data available in your local market. These properties are not even on the market yet, so you can get a jump on them and get a great deal. Once again, this is Donnie Corm, your foreclosure deals coach. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Can't be too greedy. Right? So I'm looking at my portfolio and I'm going, I might have a little bit too much in real estate. I'm not selling all of it. There are some properties that are favorites, that are cash flowing, that are doing well. I'm not saying I'm I'm cashing it in and going to move to the beach and, you know, (laughs) live, live as a bum. I'm just saying you should be seriously evaluating based on recent activity, including the increase of conforming loan limits, because it is a sign that more people are going to be plowing more money into the market. And I believe it was Warren Buffett, the famous investor, that said, my strategy that has served me best is finding out what everybody else is doing and doing the opposite. Okay. So I'm not saying to get out of real estate. I'm saying it's maybe time to reallocate. If your entire net worth, and I got to be frank with you, when we were talking about real estate, most people, a large majority of the American population has their, a large percentage of their net worth tied up into their house. 
Okay. And if they have other property, they've got a bunch of equity in that. So what that means is the majority of the net worth of Americans is tied to their real estate. And in my opinion, an opinion I've been sharing for two years unsuccessfully, that that real estate is about to correct in some manner. Okay. I'm not talking global collapse. I'm just saying what goes up at this rate has to come down. If you're winning at the blackjack table, Take some of the chips and put them in your pocket. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Because if you keep gambling with the house's money, eventually the house is going to take the money back. Casinos did not, these gorgeous buildings and giant pyramids and structures were not built by giving people money. For sure. Right? The real estate market, in my opinion, if you already have equity and a lot of it, you should be taking some of that equity out and reallocating it into other investments. That's that's the only advice I'm going to give you, okay? I'm not saying to sell everything. I'm just saying I've struggled with this for years because it could keep going up. It's providing me an income from the rentals, right? I'm making money. I, I shouldn't sell it because it's going up. It's doing well. All I'm saying is if, like, in my case, we're talking, because I'm a real estate guy, I, I mean, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but like 90% of my net worth is in real estate. You know, I got a little in the stock market, I got a little in the IRA, but it's no comparison to what I have sitting in my real estate portfolio right now. And that probably describes most of the people listening to the show right now, okay? So I want you to really look, any financial advisor anywhere would tell you not to have all of your eggs in one basket. And I'm a I'm a real estate guy. I advise people on real estate investment. And I am telling you that I personally am selling off some, not all, but some of my portfolio prior to hitting the peak of the market. Okay, because unless your crystal ball is working better than mine, I can't get mine to start. <laughs> Must be this old engine. It just keeps it's like it just won't get going. So cloudy. It's so cloudy. We we don't know what the market's gonna do next, but we do know that the getting's good right now. Mm-hmm. They're raising loan limits, which means more buyers are gonna stream into the market. You're gonna see a quick surge of the market. I'm not hoping to sell all of them tomorrow, but as the rentals come due and the leases expire, I'm not renewing. Right? I am telling them, sorry, we're selling it. You know, and that's not making people happy, but I do need to tell you that here in the Call of Springs market, as we chat today, there are roughly 400 single family homes in the entire market, period. Okay. When you go affordable index, an affordable index for us is 500,000. Okay. There are less than 100. I think it was 85 this morning. Okay. So there are 85 affordable houses. I'm going to sell off four or five of them, right, of my 13 I think I own total, right? And I'm going to take that money and I'm going to stick it anywhere else, (laughs) okay? I'm going to operate from a liquidity standpoint, and a lot of it was spawned by this article we're going to post about the conforming loan limits increasing to 650000 okay? A lot of this was I believe that at some point homes are no longer going to be affordable at all. And you might already be in a city where that's the case, right? If you're listening to this in New York City, statistically speaking, you're already a renter, right? Because buying is just preposterously high. Hawaii, uh, San Diego, 
How many cities are there already where renters are the dominating force in a marketplace because things just got too expensive, right? Did property stop going up in value because of that? No, they did not. Okay. Well, what happened was only the rich elite came in and bought properties, kept driving the prices up. That's not necessarily the end of the world. I'm just saying there is going to be a correction. Liquidity is important. And I'll be frank with you, when it corrects, I'm going to have all this cash, right? I'm going to be able to buy in back at the bottom, yep, yep, yep. Like right? That. As opposed to waiting and getting stuck with properties that I probably am not getting the most I could get for them. It stands to reason we're going to see another appreciation year, okay? But I'm going to take enough off the table now that I'm ready to reinvest in other things and diversify my portfolio a little bit. That's an awkward thing to discuss when you're on a real estate podcast, that I'm going to sell out and maybe not do as much in the real estate space, right? But I got to tell you, it's probably the best advice you're going to get this year. Yeah, I mean, even... Going back to the other episodes we've done on uh, crypto and, you know, Upland and NFTs and all these different mm-hmm. things, you know, depending on your understanding or your proximity to stuff like that, you know, that might be a you know worthwhile investment or something that might be a little bit too risky to you. Right. But the idea of diversifying and, you know, looking into other avenues and places that you can put money and see, you know, consistent growth that can outpace the market, you know, Year on year, um, at the end of the day, most times you're gonna see, we're looking at six to eight percent in most markets. You're going to see appreciation if you can find something, whatever it is, that's going to give you a little bit better return than that, and it's uh, you know you're comfortable putting your money there. You should probably uh, think about it. And let me add to that, right? I got one property I bought a long time ago, my first McMansion, and I'm not going to lie to you, okay? I got either it's an ego problem or it's something, there's something slightly wrong with me, and I'm, I'm willing to accept that. But I got a 5,000-square-foot house in, like, the Northgate area, Colorado Springs, okay, north end of town. And when I bought it, everybody was like, you're just showing out. You don't need to buy this big-ass house. You don't need this. It's just you, your wife, and three kids, and it's got, like, six bedrooms and necessary. I go, I'm not buying this to show off. I'm buying this because it's a good investment, but time will tell. I'll haul at y'all later, right? right? So we fast forward. I paid four hundred and thirty thousand dollars for the property. Today it's worth just shy of nine hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that's cool in and of itself. So I made four hundred grand for doing, you know, just hanging out, right. right? But during that time, obviously, 10, 12 years have elapsed. I've been making payments. It's been a rental. Right, so somebody else has really been making the payments for me for the vast majority of the time that I've owned the property. Uh, today I owe two seventy ish. Okay, so the delta between the nine hundred it's worth and the two seventy is like six hundred G's. Yeah. And I got to be frank with you, it feels really good to sit here and tell you I got six hundred grand worth of equity in a property. But I talk to homeowners all the time who are sitting on hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of equity, and I go, it feels good, but is it making you money? And the answer is no. Okay. You can't spend equity. Equity is great to have. Okay. Now, the other argument is it's making it, it's making it return on investment. My payment is 2,500. It's currently rented for 4,000, right? So I'm making 1,500 a month. That feels great too. Right. Don't get me wrong. There's no way to argue with that, the feeling of making 1,500 bucks a month for doing basically nothing, right? However, 600 grand in equity. You're telling me there's no way I can invest making more than fifteen hundred dollars a month on six hundred G's. How many fifteen hundred you got to invest to get that uh, get to that six hundred? Uh, you see what I'm saying? How long is that going to take? 
a lot, yeah. right? So it's a warm and fuzzy, and it's providing a good feeling, but is it the best investment? And the problem is, and I'm, I'm guilty of this just like everybody else, you get attached to real estate, like particularly if you live in it, it becomes an attachment because it's your home. Like your kids wake up in the morning in that house, you get your breakfast in the same refrigerator. I get it, right? But if you're sitting on a half a million dollars, $300,000 worth of equity, and you want to be an investor in real estate or otherwise... You may be currently, as you're listening to this, sitting in the most powerful tool that you have to get into this real estate investing game, and you don't want to sell it or refinance it because it's inconvenient. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I got another McMansion, bought it for 300 oh, 200 worth 600 there's another 400 G's sitting there. And yes, it makes me $1,200 a month in rental income. It's a great passive income, but I'm convinced that I could take that 400 grand in equity and I could maximize the return. If I was making 10% return on the 400 grand that's sitting in that house right now, it's more than you're making. that's $40,000 a year. I'm currently making like $15,000 a year. Okay. Yeah. Smart investors are looking to maximize their return on investment. Right. And every financial planner guy that's trying to sell you a mutual fund and everything, they're, they're always trying to sell you the safety of it. Right. I, you're going to get 6%. And depending on your age, the safety may be what you need the best. Like, that may be the best thing for you. Okay. But I can tell you in most cases, there are relatively stable risk investments that can get you an 8 to 10% return that is not being tied up in the house that you live in or the house that you've had for 10 years as a rental that feels good to own cheap and you've got a good cash flow, but may not be the best return on investment, you know? And that's something we discuss a great deal in our coaching with our students. Like I got to get you uncomfortable. And I, and I tell you, it took a long time to get me comfortable with this conversation, right? But I did some math and we're talking about what amounts to seven figures plus worth of equity right? That's sitting there and making me feel good about myself, but is not necessarily the best return on investment. Our objective is to retire. Is it not? Got to get out eventually, man. Isn't the goal to make enough money so you can live on the beach for the rest of your existence? Man, I'm trying to live on the beach and then fly to a mountain when it's, uh, when I want to change the, uh, change the scenery, right? How much do you need to make that happen? Well, your number is different than my number and my number is different than your number. But I can tell you that if your most powerful asset is tied into equity, which is like, you know, Bill Gates saying I'm a billionaire, I got a billion dollars worth of stock. That feels good, but you can't sell that stock. If Bill Gates decides to sell off a bunch of his Microsoft stock, it would trigger this massive sell-off in the market. People go, why is Bill selling a billion dollars worth of stock? What, what, what does he know that we don't, right? So it's paper gains. It looks good. It feels good, but it ain't helping you, right? I'm trying to, and I hope you, what your takeaway from this, these loan limits increases, is you need to understand that the paper gains are not helping you anymore. You've got to get some of your portfolio liquid. So when it's time to really buy in at the bottom, you're prepared to do so. And even if you never buy more real estate, if there was ever a good time to profit from the real estate you own, it is definitely right the heck now, right? I'm not saying it's not going to get better because it probably will, but if there's ever a time to take a little money off that table, I'd be looking to take it a little off of it now. Yep. And I'm doing the same, right? So look at this conforming loan limits thing, man. It changes. Um, it changes stuff. Like everything changes all the time. You got to be adapting to it all the time because things happen, 
right? And we want, we want to make sure we're out in front of it. That's our show for today. Check out the article on conforming loan limits and really reevaluate your portfolio to see, are you too heavy into real estate? Now, that's an awkward thing to hear from your foreclosure deals coach, but I think that's a harsh reality of a lot of people is you might be too heavily invested in a market that may be nearing the top. And even if it's not, it's just better to diversify a little bit, right? Have other things that produce income for you and take some of that money off the table because you've made it. Now's the time to gain from it. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, thanking you once again for tuning in and reminding you, don't buy a house, buy a deal. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Like our Facebook page, Foreclosure Deals Coach, for the latest in real estate and foreclosure investing. Become a part of our community. Search Foreclosure Deals Coach on Facebook to join today.